Word up. This is Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 244. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. If you listen to Restaurant Unstoppable, you've heard our guest mentor say you need a solid business plan. That can be intimidating. Maybe you don't know the first thing about creating a business plan. Remember, plan your work, work your plan, and do it with live plan. To learn more and to get started with your first month free, yes, I said free, that's a $20 savings exclusive to Restaurant Unstoppable listeners. Visit liveplan.com slash unstoppable, that is liveplan.com forward slash unstoppable, get on it. So with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Alex Brennan-Martin, Alex Tell me you're feeling unstoppable today. I, I am. I'm having a good day. Yes, that is what we like to hear. So let me just give the listeners a huge aerial view of who you are, what you've accomplished, and then we'll learn more about you. New Orleans native Alex Brennan Martin grew up as a member of the nationally acclaimed Brennan restaurant family, which includes renowned Commander's Palace. He made Houston his home in the early 1980s and took over the reins at Brennan's of Houston, which is or which was established in 1967. Uh, for the past 30 plus years, he has upheld his mission of creating dining memories for his patrons, which has ha- Uh, led to the continued success of the Brennans of Houston. Uh, Among his many accolades, Brennan Martin was named Restaurateur of the Year by My Table Magazine, and he and his family were inducted into the Culinary Institute of America's Hall of Fame, making them one of only three families to ever receive the prestigious leadership award. Uh, I'm really excited for this interview, Alex, I mean, seriously, like what you've accomplished, the the family you've been a part of your entire life, there's probably just so many pieces of advice you're going to be able to give our listeners and we're all going to be better after listening to you. But before we learn more about you and we gather your advice, I really want to get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us today? Oh, I don't know. I, I, there, there are a few. Uh, there, there's cer- certainly one a little bit. I, I tend towards the humorous side, I think, time to time. But there, I always think there's a lot of wisdom in, in, in humor. Uh, the, the, uh, that noted uh, 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 business authority, Jonathan Winters, the comic, <laughs> passed away a few years ago. He had one that went something like, uh, I couldn't wait for success, so I went ahead without it. Uh, I've always, I've always liked that. It's, uh, it, it sort of fits me pretty well. But my mother, uh, Ella Brennan, she, she often talked about, uh, in terms of motivating people that she worked with, she would always say, you know, business is like running up a hill every day. And she said, you know, I'll, I'll run up that hill alongside you. I'll even chase you up the hill, but I sure as hell won't drag you. So I don't know. There's lots of different ways of looking at success and how to get people to 
to, to understand what it takes to be successful. Yeah, and I really like that first quote. Both of them were awesome. But uh, what do you think the message is, the deeper message in that first quote of couldn't wait for success, so I decided to go out without it? Like, what, what is the message there in that quote? Oh, I think, it, it, you know, success is mostly up to the individual. Uh, I think so many people, you know, wait for that, that supposed break to come their way, um, that lucky break or, or um, you know, wait for some set of circumstances to to come to them. And, and, and you know, my, my Aunt Adelaide, um, uh, uh, who was my godmother and, and sort of second mother, uh, would always, you know, say, say, I'd rather be lucky than good. But then she'd wink at you and smile and say, did you ever notice how hard lucky people work? <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, you, you, you make your own luck in yes. this world. And, um, and I think that's what, what, uh, Mr. Winters had in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like the past couple of days, the past couple of weeks, there's been a really like, kind of like an underlining theme of just living intentionally. And so many times, like you say, people wait for success to happen to them, but you go out and you grab success. You don't wait for it. You start living intentionally. You start working for the people who are at the best at whatever it is that interests you. And you surround yourself with these people. You, you bust your butt for them and you show them what you can do. And if you start living intentionally, uh, like you say, like it seems like the hardest working people are always so lucky i mean that's not luck it's it's creating your your destiny and uh i mean awesome stuff i love it we're off to a great start alex i really am i'm loving this so uh let's learn more about you um your story is really interesting i feel like a lot of people in this industry um or people i interview uh come up from uh nothing but i feel like what you've done uh well just just tell us the the listeners a little bit more about you how you got into the industry your family background and all that well, I was, I was born into the restaurant industry. I mean, it, 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 my family started in the restaurant business in 1945, actually the bar business on, on Bourbon Street in New Orleans, and uh, got into it by happenstance. And our first uh, at the old Afton house on Bourbon Street, which is still there today, we, we, we sold it back in the 50s. But um, the first Brennan's was across the street on, on, on Bourbon Street there. And... Um, we, we grew as a family business from there, and so uh, I, I've been a part of the, the business as, you know, just grew up and was immersed in it as a young man, mm-hmm. and so, uh, you know, when I got over uh, wanting to be a football player and, uh, you know, a few other childhood things, I just, I was always really gravitated towards the business and really had to, had it in my blood from from, from a young age, so, um uh, I, I, I spent time, I, uh, after, after, uh, going to LSU, I, I left and, and went and studied in France. I was, went to a, a culinary school at, that was at the time was in Paris, uh, Ecole de Cuisine La Varenne and signed up for the two year, uh, 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 grand diploma program and, 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 and promptly, Finished it in, in a year. I got there, and I because of all the time I had spent in the kitchens with, uh, growing up, I you know knew how to move a knife and mm-hmm. knew what a hollandaise sauce was. And I ended up becoming a teacher's assistant there. And so one thing sort of led to another, and the chefs got me, they moved me along and got me jobs um, 
uh, working in restaurants at night. So I would start my mornings, would start off at 5 o'clock in the morning helping to set up classes uh, uh, as a teaching assistant. And then I'd be out the door of culinary school to my to restaurant jobs by about three thirty, four o'clock in the afternoon. And then I would work until, you know, you know, one o'clock in the morning and, and then, you know, rinse and repeat and wow. do it all over again. And so did that in, uh, for a year in Paris and then was lucky enough to catch on, um, in the South of France with, uh, at, uh, at a five star restaurant called Moulin de Mougin, which is still there. Roger Verger, who actually just passed away this year, but a few months ago, a lovely man. Um, caught on with him at his cooking school and then worked in his restaurant at night. And so I spent another year there in France and uh, uh, overstayed my visa <laughs> and was asked to leave the country and worked my way back, got back to New York and was uh, in the in the kitchens at the Four Seasons restaurant uh, for a time and uh, um uh, and then uh, and then moved on to uh, with Maxwell's Plum and Tavern on the Green and spent uh, several years in New York before uh, my family asked me to come down to uh, Houston and help them out for three months and 35 years later I'm still here. Yeah. So when did you make the transition of? Uh, it sounds like you you kind of had a, a upcoming in the back of house, but now it seems like you're more management front of house. Uh, when did that that transition happen? Well, it's hard to say. It, it, it happened a little bit over time. I, I guess I've always done a little bit of both. And even as a young person growing up, I I, I did a little bit of both. Um, but, um, you know, I, I would say probably in New York at, when I was when I was working at the uh, Four Seasons and, and Mr. Margatai and Mr. Kobe, who owned that restaurant at that time, and they, you know, while I was working in the kitchen there, and then they they asked me to do some front of the house work, and and I that, that's probably when I gradually began to to realize that you know my future was going to be more in management and less in the kitchen. And, and frankly, there were people in the kitchen that were were more talented than I. And what was it about uh, you that they recognized that they thought you'd be better in the front of kitchen? Like, what was what were the things that were happening that made you realize this is probably a good transition for you? Well, that's a, that's that's that would would have been for Mr. Kobe and Mar, Mr. Margatai to say. I, I I I'm not sure. I, I I think I've always been, you know, growing up in the restaurant business, understanding hospitality, um, you know, learning at the knee of my mother Ella Brennan and my uncle Dick Brennan and my aunts and uncles, and I, I just sort of think hospitality is I I you know is in my blood. It's mm-hmm. in eight. Um, uh, I, I'm not, you know, I, I think that was just, just sort of by osmosis, um, what I, I learned to do. Alex, um, when you say hospitality, what, what, what's your definition of hospitality? I'm curious. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, my, <laughs> my, my favorite definition of hospitality comes Southern hospitality to be sure comes from my mom again, uh, she uh, she says Southern hospitality is treating your guests as if they were home, mm. even when you wish they were. Uh, <laughs> and so it's uh, you know it's 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 a familiar, uh, friendly, warm, uh, but 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 never familiar 
um, the treating of, of, of guests. It's, it's, I, I don't go in for hospitality as a, as a, as a business. It's hospitality as an attitude. Mm. Absolutely. I love it. Cool. Sorry to interrupt. I kind of just wanted to get somebody yeah. who's spent their life so hospitality focused, like what your definition was, but continue with your story. Well, and then, and then, so, uh, well, found myself down here in, in, in Houston, Texas at the restaurant, the Brennan's here in Houston was opened in 1967. Um, and, uh, I got here in the eighties and, uh, and so it's been, uh, you know, it immediately, you know, sort of fell in love with it and it's been uh, a, a, a real joy to make make Houston my home. I, I, I certainly lived here far longer than I've lived in New Orleans or, or, or anywhere else and really consider myself a Houstonian at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, along the way, you, your your restaurant group has experienced some really, you know, big setbacks, disasters, you know, to say. Uh, how Take us through some of those disasters and how you guys – got through those disasters well yeah um let's see this this building that i'm in today here in houston has been hit by a tornado when the roof has been torn off uh i can't count how many floods um the city of houston we've we've had over the years thank goodness the water never quite gets in the building but but around us um Hurricanes, uh, and then most recently, uh, uh, we had uh, during uh, 2008 Hurricane Ike. Uh, there was actually a fire in the in in the roof of our our building. Our built, old beautiful old building here was built in the 1920s. Um, in the roof of our building during Hurricane Ike. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, if you have a roof fire during a hurricane, you're going to get water inside your building, um, and from some from God and some from the fire department. <laughs> and so um, we had, you know, fi- certainly a lot of fire damage on the first, on the second floor, and then a tremendous amount of water damage on the first floor. So we had to cut our old building and put a new roof on it. And uh, 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 all the original walls are still here, or still here, built, built incredibly strongly back in the 20s, mm-hmm. and they don't build them like this anymore. Um, and, and, and put it back together, but so that was a complete rebuild of this business on the heels of a complete rebuild of Commander's Palace in New Orleans um, after Katrina. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just a few years after we did that uh, complete rebuild of Commanders in New Orleans, so it's we've had our share. Yeah, we've had our share. So. Up in the part of the the purpose of this this podcast is to gather the advice. What do you think you did right? to be ready for a, a, you know, a devastation like that? Like what do you think it was that you, your restaurant group was doing that made you get through it? Well, I, it starts many, many, many years before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, we, we've always been, um, good operators. I, I, I will say that about ourselves. There, there are a lot of incredible restaurant operators in this country. We're, I've been really blessed to get to know a lot of them over the years. And, um, and we consider ourselves good operators with good systems and, 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 and good management. And that, that comes from managing the business and having good uh, insurance and, 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 and managing our, our cash flow and mm-hmm. certainly not racking up debt and, and 
uh, a lot of other just basic what what may be con some may consider conservative management, but 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 we consider prudent management. But but that's only one side of the ledger, and it's extremely important. But the other side of the ledger is is more intangible and 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 and, and equally important, and and that is um, uh, we we. we there was a tremendous amount of customer, be, really beyond loyalty, mm -hmm. um, that 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 I did not have an appreciation for the depth of it before these these sort of twin tragedies. Um, the the outpouring of uh, emotion and support from customers and vendors and 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 even competitors. Uh, when our businesses were were you know could have gone out of business uh, with the setbacks we had with Katrina and, and Ike um, was 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 overwhelming and um, it, it goes back to I think how how we operate and it goes back to Southern hospitality and a number of years ago a, a friend of mine um, asked me a, a, a very simple question. And and one that I it turned out that I could not answer succinctly, much to my amazement. And he said, "Alex, I don't I don't really get it. You you guys have been open operating for for all these years, and customers have so many other choices and new choices um, in, in, in the cities y'all operate. Why do guests keep coming back to your restaurants over and over again?" And I found myself sort of vomiting words about you know, hospitality and, and uh, hitting key markers of, of, of success and, um, and and realized that I just was missing the spirit of the, the spirit of the, of the question and and that really sort of forced me to go back and, and really think about it and if I did not have a sort of an elevator speech answer to mm -hmm. that question how could I expect the people that workforce to really understand? Why? And um, so we, we, we set about to answer that question, why do customers choose our restaurants? And uh, the, the, that process yielded something which we call the simple truth of our businesses. Um, and, 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 and that simple truth ended up becoming a book that I wrote, The, uh, the, the Simple Truth About Your Business. Um, and so... That managing to the simple truth of our business, which very succinctly is, we're not in the food business, mm -hmm. we're not in the service business, and, and we're not in the atmosphere business or the, the culture business or the hospitality business. We're, we're we're really not in any of those businesses. Now we better be damn good at all of them. Mm -hmm. um, but truthfully, we create great memories for our guests. Mm. Guests come to us for something beyond food, service, atmosphere, hospitality. Uh, they're coming for a memorable experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, if, if each and every employee, no matter whether you're in the front of the house, whether you're in a support position, or whether you're a server or, or host or reservation staff, direct contact with management, with, with, with customers, if we're focused on creating a great memory for the guests, we're all going to go about our business differently than if we're a line cook. Mm -hmm. 
than if we're a, a back waiter, than if we're a, a, a seater. Um, if our number one job description is to create a great memory for the guests, we're, we're going to do it different. And um, so that focus that we've had for the last 20 years or so of, of, of creating great memories for our guests and, and literally every employee in the restaurant understanding that that is job one. And, and if you get confused uh, when you move on to job two, refer back to job one. Mm. Um, that's our, 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 our simple truth. It is our driving focus. It is the only thing that I focus on. Uh, are certainly the main thing that I focus on, um, has yielded the results of creating a lot of great memories for guests. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and likewise, um, uh, so when we had these tragedies, when our businesses were in tough times, um, the unintended consequences, the happy unintended consequence was that those customers who got those memories were very connected to the business. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're there to support us. And, and when we came back, supported us far greater than I, I would ever have anticipated. What's this? Well, that's a long-winded answer to your question. But <laughs> you know, it's-, it's a great answer. And I'm curious. Uh, I agree with you. Memories, creating those memories is so important. What's the one thing my listeners can do to, to get those memories created, to, to make sure people remember you, to create those experiences? What's, what's the one thing you can do? Well, it's really it's it's really different for for every person in in depending on your job position, depending on your type of restaurant, depending on on you know what where you are and and and, and, and it, it physically located. It it, it, it it what it has to be is it has to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are a if if you are a sushi uh, specialized restaurant uh, in 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 Boston. So the answer is going to be very different than if you're a, a Southern uh, California uh, a beach joint. Um, you know, it's a so I, I hesitate to give any. I, I think there are very few um, prescriptions that 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 fit everyone. I, I'm a I'm a big believer in in in. I hate to use the word customization. That's not exactly what I mean. I mean more being authentic to who you are. That said, all customers, all guests want to be treated um, as individuals. Um, we, we, we don't use the term covers or counts mm-hmm. or, or we, we, we don't, we don't talk about, um, sales per shift. I mean, we, we focused on guests and, um, and, and just simple terms like that, um, help everyone working for us, um, stay focused on, on, on the only thing that matters. And that, that really is creating great memories for the guests. So, you know, I, I, I say treat, treat your guests, treat your customer, treat the people that are coming in and, and, and paying the check, find, find out what they really want, and, and which is a deceptively simple question and an incredibly often detailed and, and difficult question to get answered fully. Um, find out the answer to that question and, 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 and focus like a laser on that. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, that, I, I, I'm just listening to you talk. 
Sorry, go ahead. I interrupted you. I was going to say, because that's the simple truth of your business. Absolutely. And listening to you talk, I'm writing down all these things. It's, it's about treating people like people. And then, like you said, find out what they want and then go that extra mile to make sure that they're getting what they want. Because at the end of the day, people show up, they expect good service. That's the expectation. But to create those memories, you need to exceed the expectations. You need to be willing to do the things other restaurants won't do because that's what will stand out and that's what they'll remember. And that's what I'm listening to. That's what I hear when you, when you talk, Alex. Yeah, I mean, it has the added advantage. If, if you treat the guests to a great memory, then it has multiple advantages. Number, number one is it, it, it has the advantage of creating word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Now, word of mouth is an old-fashioned term because it's not word of mouth anymore. You know, the old rule of thumb used to be if a customer has a good experience, they'll talk to one or two people. If they have a bad experience, they'll talk to ten. Well, there's this new thing um, out there. I'm almost certain you've heard of it. It's called the Internet. <laughs> um, and there, there are things out there called Yelp yeah. and, and Zagat and, and City Search and so on and so forth. And, and everyone is a restaurant cr- critic, and, and good and bad experiences are multiplied manifest. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, so, so the impact of what you do is amplified. What you do with an individual guest is amplified, has the potential to be amplified many-fold. Absolutely. And, and you never know who that yelping or zagging or, or city searching or so forth guest is going to be. Each and every one of them has potential. Yeah. And so, uh, what you're saying really reminds me a lot of uh, Jim Palmer's advice, a recent guest on the show. He calls it the ripple effect. And really, world of, word of mouth hasn't gone away, but we communicate at a speed faster than ever before with all the different mediums to communicate on. Whatever happens, whether good or bad, gets rippled. But more times than uh, the the good, like the bad get you know, rippled and your goal as the yeah. owner is to make sure there's never a bad ripple. And if you can think of every, yeah, and the, well, and the thing of it is, 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 and this has happened to me where, where a, a, a server serving basically the same, the same food with the, with the same degree of hospitality gets a raving compliment from one guest, and and at the next table, the the, the uh, another guest is is displeased, mm-hmm. and so there's 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 a lot of variable uh, uh, to it to be sure, and that's that's the art if compared to the science of it all. But at any rate, you know it's 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 focus on the individual, and so that's that's number one. But the other the other benefit of it is. You know, we've been creating this word of mouth that 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 from customers. But the other benefit of it is for for your, the, the the staff and yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, the the you know we get we get beat up pretty good in our industry. You know, called hamburger flippers and dead end jobs mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing. And I I get pretty pretty gripped up about that. Um, but because I've seen people create great lives and put kids through colleges and own homes and, and, and build lovely lives for themselves, um, uh, you know, working for us. And, and, and I get pretty, pretty upset by when people, you know, call us a dead end industry. But at any rate, be, be that as it may, 
um, the, the thing that I focus on with it is if, if we are doing our job, if we are creating a great memory for another human being, well, there's tremendous amount of, of pride in that. The, the, the gift of creating a great memory for another human, um, man, if, when you're, when you're, that person in the mirror that's looking back at you when you're brushing your teeth, he, he's going to feel pretty good about what he sees. It's no, there's and, nothing and, more and, rewarding at all than making other people feel better. That's, and, and I got to tell you, and, and you know, I'm 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 getting up there now. I'm 56, and I'm a little bit worried about this uh, generation that's coming up who 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 walks around with their pants around their 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 I don't know what that's around, but they're a lot lower than my <laughs> pants are, and, um, and and they've got these 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 ex, blank expressions on their face. And whether something good or something bad happens to them, there's, they're almost expressionless. And it's, it's the world has, has, has beaten on them to the point that it's, it, 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 it's like, as if they, they're in a state of no emotion, and that's just not normal. Mm-hmm. And there is, human beings have certain needs, and, and the need to be proud of what you do, mm. to understand why what you're doing matters. Um, and we focus on that. We tell people that what I, the number one thing I work on with my, our, our managers is to help people understand why what you're doing matters. The, the, the act of creating a great memory for another human being and knowing, having the, having the knowledge that you did what you can do, all that you can do, that you went beyond what was the ordinary to create a great memory for another guest, to have them leave our establishment feeling better about themselves than they did when they came in. Man, you know, if, 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 if that doesn't light your fire, well, then your wood is wet. You know, it, it's, it, 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 we're in a great opportunity um, in this life um, and, and take advantage of that and feel good about it. And it's almost as if we have to teach people how to be proud. It's almost as if we have to, we have to give them permission to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a bit of a, a conundrum and a larger question, but, but that's the other side benefit of, of helping, helping our, our folks that work with us feel good about what they're doing and, and, and who they are. Yeah, uh, you're giving us great advice. This is turning out to be an awesome interview. we we got to move on to the next question, which is we're kind of – this is a perfect segue into it because of what you're talking about now. You just said why what you do matters, and uh, earlier you said being authentic to who you are. So let me ask you, Alex, what is your authentic why? What's at the core of what you do? Why do you get out of bed every day? What drives you? Well, I, I – I guess I mentioned a while ago unintended consequences. And, and so from that simple question, my friend answered, asked me a while back and said, why do customers choose your restaurants? You know, came this search for the answer, which became a book, which became, which has really become the core 
mantra has become the core, we call it our simple truth of our of our businesses and, and has proven to be a pretty good insurance policy to boot. Um it 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 changed my job description. Um it, it, it changed what I do every day from from being a, a manager of of stuff to the keeper of the flame. Mm-hmm. Um I uh my my job is to is to primarily to keep the focus on um, on the only thing that matters, uh, which is creating great memories for our guests. And 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 then the flip side of that coin is is helping on helping our our people understand that why that what they do matters. And. Um, and the, the, I find the more time I spend on those matters, uh, the, the the better our performance. That reminds and, me. And, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, and then and and then and then frankly, the better our performance, and and so um, and, and and frankly, the better I feel. And so that's 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 really if if if, if you had to say um, that's that's really what I do. That's, that's really my, my, my purpose. I'm going to dig deeper, and I'm going to ask you, why is it so important to keep the focus on what matters the, and what the purpose is? Why do you, have to, why do you as the, the leader, have to focus on that? Well, because in this in this day and age, it's, it is so easy to get distracted. I mean, I, I have here on my desk a, 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 a nuisance lawsuit of all things on God's green earth uh, for uh, a, a uh, our grease trap company, who has been the only grease trap company we've ever had since I've been here uh, at, at this business over 30 years now, um, uh, taking uh, our grease and disposing of it properly. But the but the site that they disposed of it on um, uh, uh, did some things improperly, and so now we are a part of a hazardous waste. Lawsuit. Now, that if, if there are not silly things in life, that if, here is one of them. It's a nuisance lawsuit, it, it, but it's for some 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 pretty you know real dollars, if not substantial dollars. And but there, it, I, I could spend countless hours on that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and and so I have to make a choice: Am I going to spend hours upon hours on that, which is going to 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 affect? I'm, you know, absolutely nothing, or am I going to find the best attorney I can and let him handle that, and, and, and I stay focused on the only thing that matters, which is creating great memories. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are countless things like that that come come at us every day, and there are choices to be made, and and, um, and it's easy to be distracted uh, by, by very real business matters, and I'm not saying to ignore them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to spend an awful lot of time um, on business matters, and and I do, but it's it's that allocation of time, mm-hmm. uh, and um, so it's 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 those kinds of choices that I I, I think you have to think about and and, and be aware of and and and, and be cautious about. Yeah, and uh, just listening to you talk, I mean, I couldn't help but think uh, when you said, you know, your your purpose, your why is to keep focus on what matters. I couldn't help but think of Danny Meyer's words of setting the table. Our job as owners or managers 
is to know why our restaurant exists, what our purpose is, what our core value is, what our mission is, what our vision is, and to make sure that the ship stays on that direction and that everybody knows what the, 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 the processes are, the systems are, and that we reinforce those things and we focus on what matters to make sure that all these things are pulling in the same direction, uh, that you know we're all working for the same cause, the same mission. And your mission is creating those, those memories, right? Uh, that's I, I explain it to our, our new hires when I do my new hire visits about half a dozen times a year. I, I sit down and visit with every new hire in the business. Um, the I always I tell them, folks, if 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 I asked you today to leave Houston, Texas, and let's I need you to drive to Chicago, uh, and and I don't want you to use a map. I don't want you to use your phone. You you pretty much be able to, to to set out in the general direction. You, mm-hmm. you know you need to go north. Um, and but but it, how efficient would you be if you have, if I asked you to get there without a map? Exactly. And, you know, and they said you you'd get there, but but you wouldn't get there as efficiently, perhaps, as you would as if you had a map. Mm-hmm. You've got a simple truth. If you understand why. The answer to that question, you're going to get there so much more efficiently, so much easier, mm-hmm. so much better. And, and so it is my job to keep the map in front of everyone. It's easy to get distracted. We're human beings. We, you know, um, uh, the, you know all the distract, those distractions in life um, are, 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 it's easy to, 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 to focus on something that's different today than the things that I've been doing for the past months and years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something new and different. We're, we're, we're attracted to the shiny new object, um, uh, even if it is a bit mundane. Mm-hmm. And um, my job is to stay focused on the mission, keep us all focused on the mission. Absolutely. Awesome stuff. And uh, just listening to you talk, uh, doing my research on you, talking about your if factors, those habits, those characteristics, those those things that contribute to your success. I this one line that I picked up that I want to share before I ask you what you think a few of your bulleted you know if factors are. And that line is: I learned from a young age that you work just as hard for your community in and in industry as you do for yourself. I didn't know you had a choice, and for that I am very grateful. And I think that that line there that message of you were ingrained with this this you were brought up so right for this industry and that's one of your your if factors is just not knowing that the to, that there's any other option but to to be good to your community and to your industry and just to have a, that service that service mentality of I'm here to serve others and it seems like that's just something that was has been ingrained into you that habit of service is an amazing habit or characteristic to have uh, do you want to re- reflect that on that at all? Well, I I I, I, I thank my family for that. Um, the the you know lessons learned from a young age, and and, um, and 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 I also think you know some of us are are sort of you know born with the, with those characteristics, and and um, and so you know you you, you tend to, to to gravitate towards things that that. You, you do well, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that's a, uh, 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 it's a it's a happy thing. I think when people are able to to, to find positions um, that that they do well, I, I, it must be a, it must be 
a real. It must be worse than being in prison, wake, waking up in prison every day to to, to to have to go do something that that you don't do well or that you don't mm. like. Uh, at least when you wake up in prison every day, there are no choices. You don't have to choose to get out of bed to go to a job you don't like and you're not good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I, I've been lucky that that I seem to have my skill set seems to fit what I do. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the things that I was going to mention early on when we first started this interview, um, one of the things that really uh, impresses me about you and your restaurant group is that you're not the first generation. So many times uh, restaurants, amazing establishments seem to fall apart as soon as they get put into the hands of whatever generation uh, takes on yeah. that, that role. But that didn't happen with you. If anything, you guys have pushed harder and accelerated even further. And I just thought that was amazing. Why do you think that happened? That's a good question. I, I, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, I, I know we learned a lot of lessons. Um, I, I know we all, we all that are working in the family business all went out and worked in other businesses before we came into our family business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that, you know, my, my children understand that, um, you know, I was clearly told at a young age that, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have to want to hire you. Um, you, you, there's no place here, automatic place here for you. We're going to have to want to hire you. And, uh, I, I will, my, my initial, I, I had never planned to work for my family. Um, and so that there, there was kind of a, that, that there was, there was, uh, if that worked out real well, I was out to go prove myself and make my way in the world. And then at one point in time when, when uh, I was in between jobs for the moment, I, I had left the greatest job in the world and taken a job that turned out to be too good to be true. And my family needed some help down in here in Houston for several months, and uh, I agreed to come help them. And uh, it just turned out to be it worked. It worked really it worked out really well. So yeah. here I am. And I've got to be honest, like uh, when Skyler first reached out to me uh, to get you on the show, my first impression before I did any research on you, before I started digging deeper was, oh, this is a, probably some guy who, you know, was brought like got this like silver platter, like this business handed to them, the you know, but it wasn't like that at all. And it just goes to show that you, you can't just, you know, go off those first instincts because like just researching you, listening to you talk, I mean, like you got it. And um, it's amazing that it's so rare to see uh, second generations or even third like generations just like continue that mission to, to continue uh, whatever it is that makes you special. So it's a, it's a real pleasure to see that. I'm very pleased that <laughs> it's possible. Well, thank you. No problem. So, uh, give me some other if factors, real quick. Just try to bullet some quick factors because we're a little behind time. I didn't want to stop you. You were giving such incredible advice. Yeah. Um, gosh, if factors. I've really hit my 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 main points. I mean, I I, I am a I do try to spend a lot of time with staff, um, helping them helping them feel good about about what they're doing i mean i i i can't emphasize that point enough um i it is it's sort of a mission in my in, in life for me that that and i think if more people in in our industry did that we'd be we'd be better off some of the best operators i know do that mm-hmm. um and and i i i i Having spent time in France and seeing that you know they they have a professional class of, of, of servers and, and and folks who who have made gener- generation upon generation uh, who have done very well and, and I, I think we would do 
we would do well in this country to 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 to, to recognize the service, and I, I'm not really sure how how to do that. I've actually had was having a conversation with the director of the Texas Restaurant Association last night, who I've known for thirty something years now, and and he's 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 caught on to that idea, mm-hmm. and we're 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 going to try to brainstorm that a little bit to to change the perception of servers and, and, and folks in, in, in the restaurant industry, see what we can do about that. Awesome. I, I just, that's, a, that's a bit of a mission. That's a great mission to have. Um, so tell me about a time you failed, Alex, a time where uh, things didn't go right, where you made a decision that wasn't the right decision. What happened? Well, gosh, um, you know, I've had a, I, I, I've had a, a, a restaurant close. Um, I, I opened a, a there was a a uh, location um, that I took on. It was a it was a restaurant in uh, a little bit in the suburbs here. This was a number of years ago, and it had failed. and And, and I knew that it had struggled with with parking. Mm-hmm. And um, and but I really liked the location, and I really liked the area. And I I I the 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 landlord the real estate owner uh we we came to some pretty good terms and and but i in the in the negotiations um you know addressed the parking issue with him and he made representations that 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 were 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 very reasonable about addressing the parking issue and would have been to his best advantage to uh to, to follow through on and, and and as a part of the contract uh, the, the the direct lease um, it would have been awkward to to put what he was talk, putting in into the lease and and I, I uh, did not push for that I, I I should have had a separate side agreement I I took the man's word for mm-hmm. it. and at the end of the day the parking um, issue just just overcame the the business, and um, I, I looking back on that, uh, that was a, a a real mistake on my part. I, I uh, ultimately uh, uh, was able to, actually was able to sell sublet and, and sell the improvements, and sublet is actually to someone not in the restaurant business, and that. That little business that took over did quite well, and they didn't have the parking needs that a restaurant did. It did quite well there for for a number of years, um, so it financially did not hurt as bad as it could have. Mm-hmm. Um, and but but I look back on that, and it was uh, there was uh, too very very much too trusting on my part, a little bit of hubris on my part of of, of uh, you know thinking that I could. Could uh, you know this guy was going to do what I needed him to do, and and it was a it was a young man's mistake, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and less than one. What's the one uh, thing, it, real quick, Alex, that you would have done differently if you could do it again? Oh, you know, I think if anybody if anybody makes a, a verbal representation but isn't willing to to to, to put it in writing, then then that's time to. To get up from the table and walk away. Yeah, get it in writing. Uh, protect yourself. It, it will be worth it in the long run. Great stuff. This has been an awesome first half of the interview. We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back. 
To run a successful restaurant, you need to know when to hire, when to change the menu, and when to prepare for growth. But how do you know what decisions to make and when to make them? You need LivePlan, an affordable, all-in-one business dashboard that helps you understand your financials and tracks your progress. LivePlan can display your actual financial numbers on a single dashboard, giving you an excellent view of the health of your business. With LivePlan, you'll know exactly what actions you need to take to fuel your growth, stay cash positive, and thrive. To learn more and to get started with your first month free, yes, free, that's a $20 savings exclusive to Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, visit LivePlan.com slash Unstoppable. That's LivePlan.com forward slash Unstoppable. What are you waiting for? All right, we are back. And the first question I have for you, Alex, is what advice do you have for getting that uh, initial capital or uh, funding to to start a restaurant? Uh, you can never have enough. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, bottom line. Um, yeah, you know, we've we've typically been extremely conservative when we when we do restaurants. We we uh, we we capitalize at least. 50 percent um um and sometimes more we'll do uh some bank debt um we we're we're not big into a lot of outside partners now that is probably a shortcoming in this opportunity on our part but but partners are tough and um we've seen a lot of a lot of good restaurants come apart because of partnerships and uh, outside partnerships, and so we've we've chosen not to do that. Uh, you know, my I, I, but we don't open a lot of restaurants, but we don't close a lot either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my advice is is to uh, you know get partnership good partners that uh, can put up enough, capitalize as much as you're able to, and and do as little debt as you're as as possible, and and have very good partnership agreements. Um, in place, in, in, including buy-sell agreements or or, or agreements that, that uh, contemplate what, what what could happen should something happen to one of the partners and, and go for it. It's, it's it's well worth your time. Exactly. Again, get anything and everything you can in writing and those investments. If you're going to spend big money anywhere, maybe make sure it's on an attorney <laughs> or somebody yeah. who can look out for your best interest. Uh, so. Uh, what is your advice for hiring, managing, and retaining people? Yeah, I, I go back to our simple truth. You know, have have a clear, concise vision of 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 what your the purpose of your business is about, and and stick to that. And and in 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 terms of how you're going to manage, and and work backwards in your hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are we we. We focus our hiring and our and our screening in our in our hiring for people who are likely memory makers, mm-hmm. um, and and we 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 find a, a great deal of success in doing so. Um, so, so begin with the end in mind, and and in terms of what you're going to want that person to do, and then work backwards. You know. Work backwards from your simple truth and use that as your screening device. And uh, just real quick, what's one characteristic, one trait you're looking for in a memory maker? Well, okay, for us, it's good Southern hospitality, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if if 
if you are going to be the type of, of, of person that's going is is a very stiff or very proper, or if you're not comfortable uh, being uh, 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 friendly um, and warm, you're you're not going to fit for us. Got it. Um, you know, it's you again. Begin with the end in mind. Or there was a wonderful woman who used to cook for us at my mom's house, and she used to tell me, "Boy, I know what you're cooking before you pick your pot." <laughs> and uh, yeah, and Stephen Covey made millions of dollars by calling it "Begin with the end in mind." Absolutely. Uh, there's so much weight to that. And uh, that's an incredible book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, maybe one of the books you might recommend, who knows, but we haven't gotten there yet. The next question I have for you is on the topic of um, just challenges you, you see coming in the industry. Part of being successful in any industry is being proactive, seeing challenges coming on the horizon. Uh, what are some of the challenges you see coming and how are you preparing to handle that? Well, regulation of, of all stripes are, are, are overwhelming. I mean, locally, nationally, uh, you know, we just recently had a, uh, the threshold hike um, and uh, overtime, uh, uh, you know, went up, uh, you know, exponentially, um, uh, you know, through the Department of Labor, not even through any congressional uh, action. Um, I, I, I fear, you know, a tremendous amount more of that coming down the pike. Now, now, thankfully, when we look at that in our business, we have only a handful of people that that will affect. It's going to affect a lot of folks in pizza joints and and mm-hmm. and, and, and and a little more downscale than us. But um, regulation, uh, pure and simple. I, I also think that this tip non tip thing is uh, is 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 gaining gaining a lot of steam and, and not being very well thought out. Um, you know, there's, there's, when I read articles about people taking into this account, you know, the tip credit is, uh, the financial aspect of tip credit is, is, is never taken into account. So many other factors are, are not taken into account, not to mention the fact that I think tipping has just become quintessentially is, is quintessentially an American custom and, mm-hmm. and, Trying, you know, there's sort of this this sort of East Coast West Coast uh, dynamic of of, of, uh, of of you know sort of uh, pushing something back on the rest of the country. I, I at any rate, it, I know it would not work very well here, um, and I, I'm not so sure that that's going to, to, to it's, that it's really going to take root outside of maybe a few a few places. Uh, it, it's going to take quite some time to. To fit so so regulation of, of of from from government, but also sort of self-imposed sort of sort of regulation. I think are are things that are are, are, are out there that are, are coming at us at, at a breakneck speed. And um, so you've, you've talked be, a lot about the problem, but what's your solution? What are you planning to do to to, to tipping? This? Yeah, the t- the tipping issue. Mm-hmm. I, I would be all for doing away with tipping, but 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 there are some there there would have to be wholesale changes mm-hmm. to the Department of Labor laws that are in place. Uh, number one, we the, the businesses would have to have a way to recoup that tip credit. Um, uh, I mean, it's just been dialed into our financial models. I mean, you can't just do away with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to find any place that's work. I could talk uh, all day on this. I really could, and I think we could probably really tear this apart. Uh, I, I, I would look. 
I think I think I have long been of the mind it's it, it is ridiculous for businesses not to be in charge of fifty more you know of, of the vast majority of what half of its uh, employees make I, I I hate it yeah. that said that said the government regulations that have been put into place um, to literally encourage tipping businesses have taken advantage of and and Americans have have embraced um and it's going to take a big change and it's going to have to start with um um uh, department of labor and uh regulations for, to unwind a bunch of it before i think it makes any sense to try to undo the custom before you even get to the american custom of tipping um, so they're, they're, they're big steps that would have to be taken, in my opinion, to make it work. Honestly, I think one of the biggest problems, uh, if you just keep on you know, asking why and digging deeper and deeper at the core uh, of the, the issue, I think it's that food has become so cheap over the years and we uh, the people producing food uh, mostly not just not specifically restaurants but more manufacturers have lowered the value of food i think it was in 1930 or 1940 it was like 24 percent uh of your the income of a your average home went towards buying food today it's nine percent so the problem is that we've lowered the value of food we, we've constantly just this thing that provides life to us you know our our sustenance and people aren't willing to pay what real food costs. Um, if we really well, were to... but, but the other the other costs that people don't take into account with food are the facilities and the cost exactly. of facilities, and the cost of labor. That um, if it was the food of lo- alone, you're correct. But the real estate in the restaurant or the production facility or the grocery store, plus the cost of air conditioning it, insuring it. Uh, then the the labor and the health insurance and the so on and so forth, all those costs have skyrocketed, which have overtaken any advantage that that the, that the food, the production, and the relative value of the uh, relative cost of the food has shrunk, has been over absorbed by these other costs. And so it's a it's a it's a quandary. I, I tell you, it, it really is. I agree with you. Yeah. I just until the until the Tip credit and the other financial, or the, I should say, the, the 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 regulatory matters dealing with tips are unwound. Un, you know, just restaurants unilaterally doing away with tips is only going to work in isolated incidents. I, I agree. In my so, how do you deal with work life balance? Uh, not very well. <laughs> uh, the, uh, my, my, you know, my mother's, you know, is, is often said. I mean, what you've got to do in this business is you, you, you've got to incorporate your life into the demands of, of the business. I mean, we, you know, I do a lot of entertaining here at the at, at the restaurant, and and um, uh, we, it's just a fact of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, and, and my kids understand it, and um, uh, you know, and that's. I'm here on holidays. I'm here, you know, a lot of evenings. I'm, 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 it, it's, it's just a fact of life. Yeah. Um, I try to take some chunks, of, some chunks of time off when I can and during our slower periods of time. But, um, you know, it's just a fact of life. 
See, I'm, I'm like you in the sense that I grew up in the restaurant industry, and my parents opened a restaurant when I was three years old, and I always remember being at the restaurant. I was there helping. We were all there helping, and we're always together, and I don't understand why that's such a problem today, where people are so afraid to bring their kids into the restaurant and to make it a family business. Um, I mean, I learned a lot about work ethic, and I learned a lot about just engaging with people and about the importance of community, all those things from being in a restaurant, and I feel like with you and your family, that was probably some of something very similar going on there. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think, you know, in this day and age, you know, people sort of, if you're not recreating, then you can't be having fun. I, I, I sort of, I don't agree with that premise. I mean, we, we, we get, a, I get a lot of enjoyment out of, out of work and, and, and helping my staff succeed and, 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 and become successful and, and, and raise their families. And so I, I, you know, I, I just, sort of don't, I, I, I sort of scoff at the notion of work-life balance. I, I have friends who are surgeons. I have friends who are lawyers and business owners. And, you know, uh, I go back to what my Adelaide said. Have you ever noticed how hard lucky people were? Mm-hmm. I think at the core of work-life balance, I mean, I think uh, scheduling, making time for important people in your life, like your kids, like your wife, scheduling in that time is really important. But what's even more important than that is making your work uh, – a vehicle for your personal mission in life. If you can make your work something that resonates with you and you're not showing up to go to work every day, but you're showing up to, to go live every day, uh, then that work-life balance becomes a lot easier. Again, you have to make time for those important people in your life and you can't neglect uh, relationships, but it, it becomes a much easier to, to balance your work and life if you live intentionally. Uh, I think that's yeah. what I'm hearing from you. So uh, what's one or two books that you've read that uh, you think would just be incredible uh, must-reads for anybody listening in today. Maybe talk about your well, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I just, you know there, is, there is that, the simple truth about your business. That, that's, uh, you know, it's written for people with ADD, by people with ADD. It's a short, quick then I, read. Then I have so, to pick so, it up. <laughs> there you go. Um, a couple, I guess there's, there's several that, that, that one by uh, Malcolm Gladwell um, that, that I've really really like um david and goliath it's it's got to be oh i don't know so half a dozen or so years old now um but uh you know something like that maybe maybe four or five years old but it's it's about the you know really he really he really sort of takes examples of uh, in life sort of 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 of, of small folks what he calls underdogs and misfits and, you know, folks that, in businesses and, and, and people that, that didn't really, um, were, were, were far outsized, out, outmatched, and, and, and how they sort of overcame larger businesses, but also larger obstacles in, in, in business and personal and, and just life circumstances. And, and it's truly a, it, it, it's truly a wonderful book, and, and Gladwell is—you know—he just has a, a take on things that I I, I admire. I don't often, I, I, sometimes I find myself in radical disagreement with Gladwell, but I never, I never, I never, uh, I, I, never I always enjoy reading him. I've uh, heard him talk several times. He's he's a he's a fine fine speaker as well. An old one that I. Uh, I, I, I recommend to people, and every time I recommend to people, especially people in sort of small, medium-sized businesses, it's a it's an older one. It's a Flight of the Buffalo, 
by uh, Jim Belasco and Ralph Thayer. And um, it really is a guy who was in the sausage-making business, of all things, and, 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 and took over the family business and, and, and just struggled and, 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 and worked to get to a place where uh, getting, getting the, his employees ultimately to, 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 to buy in and, and ultimately leading the business. And, and um, uh, he, he originally, the premise is, is he, he felt his employees were, were like a herd of buffalo where they were lumbering and slow and, 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 uh, and ultimately they, they, they learned how to fly. Mm-hmm. And um, it's 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 a it's a fine, 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 fine book. And uh, another one I, I will share is it's 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 new, and I'm only halfway through it. Is a buddy of mine, Greg Brennerman. Greg uh, was at Continental Airlines and and uh, uh, Burger King, a CEO of Burger King, and uh, it's called Right Away and All at Once, and it's sort of a cubby like book. Um, and, uh, uh, one of the things that caught my attention is Jamie Dimon, uh, actually wrote the, wrote the, wrote the endorsement for him, uh, uh, Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan Chase. And I, I'm, I'm only halfway through it. And, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, if, if you like seven, uh, seven factors or seven traits of highly effective people, it's a, it's, it's five books. Yeah. That, that book was right away and all at once. Is that what you said? Right away and all at once. Yep, five steps to transform your business and enrich your life. Uh, I found it right here. And uh, yeah. this book and that first book you mentioned um, are on Audible. So if you guys head over to audibletrial.com slash unstoppable, we've partnered with Audible. You can get your first book for free. Audiobooks will change your life. Trust me. Um, awesome. Great stuff. So my next question for you uh, is what – technologies are you leveraging right now in life? I mean, I look at technologies as being a way to get time back in your life to create systems or to plug in systems and processes that other people have created to make your work easier. So what are you doing? How have you evolved as a restaurant group uh, and what technologies are you using now to stay, to you know, create those memories? Well, I, 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 the name of my book is the simple truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have, Come to believe and find with technology that that that, that simple really matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've tried a number of, of of things that that frankly didn't work very well mm-hmm. uh, because they're too complicated. They 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 they, they draw on too many. Um, they're just too complicated. And and what I, what the, the things that I really count on that work are are are. are are super simple, and and one of the most simple is, of all things that I, I I use personally, I'm a heavy user, as our IT guy says, is is, is Outlook. Mm. Um, I, I use Outlook. I would use every component of Outlook. Um, I use. I'm a heavy task user in Outlook, and you know, combining tasks with your calendar is. Uh, is a really powerful tool, and the ability to be able to assign tasks to other people and to put, you know, start and completion dates, and to see how to have other people uh, be able to um, put uh, uh, how they are doing in terms of coming along with the project and completion is 
is one of the most powerful tools and really it, it, it cuts down on the need for conversation, but it, it, it gets community. It really enhances communication. I, I really, I think people don't, don't use Outlook. They use it as a place to get their, their email and their calendar, mm-hmm. uh, keep the context. But that, that yeah. task bar is really a powerful tool. Um, we, we also have a back office um, a unit called Compete. Oh. Uh, that that we use and, and and we use that very heavily for ideal costing, especially with things like wine and liquor. That are is a, a very useful tool that I'm able to take a quick glance at. And then we use GuestBridge, which is a uh, our customer relations reservations management, and um, where I'm I'm able to to see it from my my iPad um, easily uh, from my laptop, but I don't have to carry my laptop. I can see it from my my iPad. Um, I'm able to to look into the different restaurants, into the the, uh, the reservation book and and comment, give give information about customers or or keep up with things. And then as I sit here in front of my desk, I've got our, our, we've got video cameras. you know, uh, uh, specifically here in Houston, we're, we're, we're focused on it and where I can I can look at different parts of the restaurant from my desk and, and now from my telephone or, or, or iPad. And uh, even if I'm not here or, or uh, I'm, I'm able to see what's going on very specifically in different parts of the restaurant and, um, you know, find myself, you know, you know picking up the phone and, and, and saying, what you know, I need to know what's going on here in the back of the house or the front of the house, and so there there are relatively simple technologies, relatively inexpensive technologies um, that 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 are are extremely useful. Is there a service in particular that you use for the cameras? You know, no. We we actually um, a guy who did some AV work in my house is is put it in. We you know we had different service. We had service through. You know some big national companies, and frankly, we were just not satisfied. And mm-hmm. and a uh, young man who owns his own, you know, small AV business, I uh, did such a good job for me in my house, and I asked him to come take a look, and he's got us up and running, and and uh, got some high quality cameras, and you know, things. Are, it's 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 a big big step forward for mankind. Awesome. So those uh, three tools that you're leveraging, again, one, the first one is Compete. The second one was Guest Bridge, like London Bridge, like Crossing Bay the Bridge. bridge. It's, actually a, it's actually a subsidiary of Outlook. For, uh, 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 Outlook. Uh, it's a subsidiary of um, oh, um, Open Table now okay. for the past four or five years. And um, so we're a part of the Open Table network, I guess, but, but our product is called Guest Bridge. And um, and and then uh, you know we we use our you know I I'm a big heavy Outlook user specifically related to tasks. And uh, that third one was just the the camera. So awesome, great recommendations there. I'll have those in the the show notes. This is episode two forty four. So just head over to restaurantunstoppable dot com to find the links to those resources if you want to check them out. And um, with all the knowledge you have now. If you could go back in time, Alex, and give your past version of yourself uh, one piece of business advice, what would it be? That's a good question. I, I, I've, I've sort of struggled with the question of whether or not we should have, have been more aggressive in, in using other people's money, taking on other partners. Um, I'm, I'm unclear to me whether or not 
we should have done that. We'd have been better off doing that or not. Um, I see other people have done well with it. Um, that said, I've also seen more the preponderance of, 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 of those types of partnerships, you know, end up in restaurants and businesses closing or partnerships coming apart. So, um, but that's one I struggle. I mean, you know, if you, it, you know, we're, we have limited resources ourselves. Could we have done more had we taken more risk? Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, like when you take on partners, you, you take on risk of things not working out and you also have different visions. You have people coming in, you, you have your, you've got such grooves, you know, you've, your, your restaurant group has been around for generations. It's hard. <clears throat> you don't want to, you know, give that up. I get that. Uh, but you know, there are a lot of great restaurant groups have, who have done amazing things because of that help they got from other you know, partnerships. But you don't you never hear about the ones that don't do well so i, I kind of get where you're coming from and i mean i wouldn't want to give up what you've created either so it's tough it's a tough one um so yeah. what's one question alex i could have asked you that would have brought more value to this interview well i think you've had some i think you've had some excellent questions you know i i, I uh i i think the you know when you know look, look looking Back the question about looking back and what what you could have done differently is a valuable question and and sort of extrapolating from that um, you know looking forward I think is 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 a big area um, I, I'm unclear I I, I uh, I'm I'm overwhelmed these days with with the with the food media's fascination with with new restaurants. I'm, I'm overwhelmed with their, the preponderance of, of coverage of ink, if you will, um, spent on, on, on the new. I, uh, you know, when you, when you, when you hire an attorney or you look for it, if you, if God forbid you need a doctor for an illness or, or something like that, you, you, you don't rush out and, um, say, well, who's the newest attorney or the newest doctor? Um, to spend my hard-earned money on for, for results that I need. But in, in, in our industry, it, it seems that that's where all the attention is going rather than on people um, who have who've, who've got the most experience. And, 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 and so that, that, that's an interesting question to me. And, and looking forward, I, I, I wonder how, how this, how that factor, and, and also new restaurants don't, typically succeed as well as ones that have been established for, for a time. So I, I, I wonder how these factors are going to, to affect um, our, our business, you know, looking, looking forward. Um, I don't, I've been involved with new restaurants. So I have nothing against new restaurants. I, 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 I sort of then raise this question more as a, as, as an industry, um, wide question rather than a personal personal question it just seems it just seems odd to me and I, and I often I also sort of hold this issue up against the the uh, the, the what I call the parking lot test mm-hmm. if you, you drive by a restaurant the parking lot is busy and and on a regular basis and you but you note they're never written about or there's never any publicity or you never hear about them in the food media yet. They're obviously 
the public enjoys it and continues to patronize it, you sort of wonder where this dynamic is going and what that says about our industry and what it says about our, our, our relationship with the with, with, with media and the media with us. And that, that, I think there's some larger, my point being is I think there are some larger questions that are out there that are uh, a little bit unknowable at this time. And it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I mean, I guess time will tell. Alex, uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join me as a guest mentor. You had such incredible advice and amazing stories. Uh, We wrap up every episode by calling somebody out. So who is one indie restaurant professional you admire, somebody who you think would be a great guest mentor on the show like you were for us today? Oh, listen, the the, the Pappas family here in Houston, Chris Pappas, uh, they 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 run an empire of of, uh, of 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 various businesses. Everything from the uh, Papa Steakhouse uh, all the way through all the Papacitos, the Papados, and Papa Seafood houses, all the way through down there. They're the majority owners have managed the Lubies. Took on the Lubies uh, cafeteria businesses a number of years ago. They are some of the most amazing people. They built their own kitchen equipment. I mean, they are. They are wow. literally, you know, <laughs> hundreds of millions of dollars a year in annual sales. And when I say that, it's 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 well up there in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Really, he he he'd be a he'd be a great guy for you to talk to. Chris Pappas, look out! I'm coming after you, Alex. If you could help connect me, that would be amazing. Uh, sounds like an incredible group of people to learn more from. And uh, let the folks at home know how can we connect with you if we want to continue the conversation. Maybe we want to come work for you. Maybe we want to come eat at your restaurant. What's the best way to connect? Well, there's there is uh, our website, um, BrennansHouston.com. Um, there's an easy way to to communicate with us right there on our website. All of our Social media, we're easy to find on all the major platforms. Uh, people get through to me uh, all the time. I'm, I'm, I am personally not out there on uh, social media in a, in a in a big way. I guess I'm just a little bit old school in that regard. But, but believe me, I see it all. Um, our, uh, our social media person keeps me well apprised, and I see it all. So you can get us that way. Uh, you can pick up phone call the restaurant. It's seven one three five two two. Nine seven one one, and uh, they'll 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 get you right through to me. Awesome! I will have all those links and that phone number in the show notes. Again, this is restaurantsunstoppable.com slash two two, or sorry two four four. So you can head over there and find those links uh, and everything. A recap of everything we discussed today, Alex. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. There is no questioning; you are unstoppable. Thanks so much. Cheers. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you guys enjoyed it. So a couple of things before I let you go. I'm now offering free one-on-one 15-minute chats. If you want to get inspired, if you need to get just a little motivation, or if you have some questions about some of the things we talked about on the show, you can now chat with me for free 15 minutes. Head over to Restaurant Unstoppable to find the links. Don't forget that we have a complete list of all the books and resources our past guests have recommended. These are the books they read, the resources and tools they're using in their restaurant, the tools that are helping them be successful, a whole list archived right there at restaurantunstoppable.com. 
Don't forget to use my links if you really want to give back to the show. If you want to show your appreciation for all these episodes I'm putting out, the best way to support the show is to simply use my links when you discover something new that can help you in your restaurant. Thank you in advance. Also, keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming. And I can't finish without reminding you to keep those emails coming. I love your emails. They fire me up. They keep me going. Tell me who you want to hear from. Tell me what you love about the show. Tell me anything. I'm here for you. Just shoot me an email, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. All right, that's all we have for today. I hope you're enjoying this journey as much as I am. Thanks again for joining me. Until next time, peace out. Peace out.